The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Is calling upon the name of the Lord something that needs to be done in order for a person to be eternally saved? And what about the scripture that says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Is that talking about evangelists? Those are a couple of things we're going to discuss today, and we're glad that you're with us here on Grace in Focus, the radio and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. You can find out more about us by going to faithalone.org. That is our website, faithalone.org. There you will find blogs and videos and many articles that we have written and lots of answers about free grace theology. Now, Catherine Wright and Ken Yates are continuing their Roman series, and we're about to begin our discussion right now. Here they are. We are, again, very slowly going through Romans chapter 10. We're not going to go this slowly through the rest of the book, but there's just so many issues here related to the offer of eternal life and what the unbeliever is called to do. And we're arguing very strongly that these verses are not telling the unbeliever what they have to do to be saved. Specifically, they don't have to call upon him as Lord, make him Lord of their life, walk down the aisle, confess their sins. However, these verses are often taken. We're taking these verses in the context of the book of Romans that these verses are telling believers uh, that they have the privilege of calling upon Jesus as Lord, and he will deliver them from the wrath that they are presently experiencing. So not wrath at the lake of fire. Not (laughs) wrath at the lake of fire. We stopped our last episode in verse 15 of chapter 10. Yeah, you ended it on a cliffhanger. This is a quote from Isaiah 52. And you can see how this verse would also be taken as an evangelistic mm-hmm. verse. My guess is that it's probably found in gospel tracts, just like verse 13. 13, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, here in verse 15, he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. This goes back to Bob Wilkins' book on the 10 most misunderstood words, where you have to define your terms. What is saved and then what is gospel and what is wrath? You could hear the preacher on the corner saying, be saved, call Mm -hmm. upon the name of the Lord or you're going to burn in hell. And then he would say, I'm a guy who's got beautiful feet, who's (laughs) preaching the gospel to you. The gospel of peace. A gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is you're an unbeliever. You're rejected by God. You're the enemy of God. Mm -hmm. But if you call upon the Lord and make him Lord of your life and walk down the sawdust trail, whatever the case may be, (laughs) you will be saved and at peace. The sawdust trail? You've never heard of the sawdust trail? See, you're too young. I don't know what that is. The sawdust trail is the like during the Great Awakenings and the old-timey revival meetings where... They would have sawdust on the floor. And if you were an unbeliever, (laughs) they they would put that like in a building. Oh, yeah. Like in a building or a tent. They would purposely put sawdust down. Well, yeah, to keep the dust and everything down, you know, and people would walk down that. That's how you got saved. You walk down the sawdust trail. But (laughs) as we mentioned in the last episode about those who call upon the name of the Lord, many of these evangelists don't realize that that comes from Joel 2. And that's talking about the nation of Israel, the believing nation of Israel. Well, what about this verse? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace from Isaiah 52. Mm -hmm. 
that is also talking about the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And quite appropriately, it is also talking about when the Lord returns. End times. The Mm -hmm. end times at the end of the tribulation when the nation is delivered from her enemies. And these are believing Jews. And the good news here is that the Lord is returning and setting up his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Do you also think that part of this is within the immediate context for Paul that 70 AD is coming, where the nation was disciplined in 70 AD when Titus came in and Jerusalem was demolished, basically, and so many Jews. And wouldn't that be the wrath of God? And that's my point, right? That the nation was under the wrath of God in 70 AD, and that they experienced the consequences of their sin and their rejection of the Messiah, but that Paul draws from these Old Testament passages that speak of a day when the nation will be delivered from the wrath at his coming, which has not happened yet. And it's interesting that this passage comes from Isaiah 52. And in that passage, when he talks about the tidings of peace, it's from Isaiah 52, verse 7. He says, this is the New King James Version, Mm -hmm. who proclaims, this is what the good news is, who proclaims salvation. Again, this is when the Lord returns, the good tidings. And it says, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Mm. That's the good news, that he has returned. He has delivered the believing nation. They are brought into the kingdom and your God reigns. So it's not the good news of believing in Jesus for eternal life, which is obviously good news. It's incredible news. But this is something else. This is another piece of good news. Yes. And and here when Paul calls it the gospel of peace, wouldn't it be that the nation is surrounded by their enemies? They're in war, (laughs) the battle of Armageddon, and the prince of peace comes. Mm Mm-hmm. And they are delivered from that battle and ushered into the kingdom of God. Yeah, I'm reminded of, you know, where it says, who bring glad tidings. It reminds me of the Lord's birth, too. Yes. Right? We've come to bring you glad tidings of great joys, what the angels say, right? Right. That's not a proclamation of the saving message. That is a proclamation of his first coming. To the nation of Israel. To the nation of Israel. And here we see his second coming also described in similar language. Glad tidings we have that he's coming. I don't know if it's true or not, but I was always told that the word gospel in the first century was used in a secular way to talk about the birth of a king. I'm not sure. You didn't know about the sawdust trail. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you can help me on the last part of Isaiah 52, 7, where it says, your God reigns. Is this the background of that song? Our God reigns, our God reigns, our God reigns. I don't know. Our God reigns. And it might not be, but it might be that Mm -hmm. that comes from Isaiah 52, 7. But as you said, it is not talking about, okay, what do I got to do as an unbeliever to go to heaven? Mm -hmm. This is talking about the good news of the king coming to deliver his people who are already believers from their enemies. Mm -hmm. Right. And by the way, the peace there 
even in Romans, the peace is something that we as believers can experience as we walk in fellowship with the Lord, as we call upon him. Which goes back to wrath again, right? That as believers, we can experience the consequences of sin, but that when we call upon him, we can have peace right. with our God mm-hmm. when we call upon him. Yeah. In Romans 5, he says, now that we've been justified, we have peace with him now. You know, right. we have peace with him now. We have access to him. And by the way, the access that he's talking about there in five one would include the privilege of calling upon him. We have access to the throne of grace. We can call upon him and he will deliver us from the wrath that we are subject to in this life. Mm-hmm. So once again, we would see that these verses, even though they're so often understood as preached to unbelievers, that's not the context here at all. So what do we have to say about the next verses, Catherine, as we finish up this chapter? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. This is uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 16. Uh, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Who is they there? Uh, The nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. That's right. As we're And that would be another thing that tells us, hmm, maybe this isn't just an evangelistic verse Mm -hmm. that uh, in Romans 9, 10, 11, he's talking about the nation of Israel. For they have not obeyed the gospel. Now, let's talk about that a little bit. I know we're going a little bit slow, but (laughs) uh, what would the word gospel there mean, do you think? Well, I know we've mentioned Zane Hodge's commentary a few times, and I believe he takes it as... Yes, the nation didn't believe in Jesus, but they also have not called upon him to deliver them. And so it would include that the full picture here, the gospels we've argued is the good news of this peace that the and nation, this deliverance from wrath. Right, exactly. And so they've not obeyed this. <laughs> what we, we, They've not obeyed the call to call. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. by the way. Surely Paul means the same thing as in his theme statement at the beginning Mm -hmm. when he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel uh, in Romans 1, right? Where it is crystal clear that he's talking about the good news of deliverance from God's wrath. That's right. And the nation of Israel has not done that. Yeah, they have not believed, most of them. And therefore, if since they have not believed, they have not called upon him. They will, as Joel 2 says, and as Isaiah 52 says, they will, but they haven't yet up to this point. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he goes on to say, who has believed our report? Isaiah says it, and very few. (laughs) So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to put a plug in for your uh, blog that you (laughs) recently did for GES. Uh, we can end on that. Sure. Tell us about your blog about hearing and faith. <laughs> well, I, I, we do blogs uh, every weekday, and I recently did one dealing with the, what we could say, popular teaching that, you know, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. We, we kind of hear, we have those expressions around the church where, well, it's just how I live that I evangelize, or it's just how, you know, I, it's through righteous living that an unbeliever could look upon you and, and be moved. You to, don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. That's right. And, uh, there's a verse in first Peter chapter three, verse one, that is used in that way because wives are said that through their conduct alone, without a word, 
can win their husbands over. So what does that mean? And basically, I argued that, no, when it comes to evangelism, you need to open your mouth. <laughs> your your conduct is, that's great. And certainly our, our conduct is important. It can either hinder your opportunities to share the saving message or it could help you. But your conduct alone is not sufficient. You need to, you know, going back to what we just said about the preachers, the preachers got to go and say something in order to be heard. That's right. And then they hear the message of eternal life in Christ. They believe what they hear, and then they can call upon him. And that's exactly right. right. Well, we hope this is helpful. And once again, another stressing of the fact that these are not to be used as evangelistic verses about the gospel of peace and calling upon the Lord. We hope this is helpful. And until next time, remember, keep Keep grace grace in focus. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, Ken and Catherine continue our study in Romans, talking about Romans 11, Is God Done with Israel? Are Gentiles beneficiaries of eternal salvation only in the New Testament? What about election? Join us next time, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.